0: Welcome to ConLangery, the podcast about constructed languages and the people who create them. I'm George Corley. This episode is going to be a bit different. I promised that I would investigate something, and I have, and I don't really like reporting on this, but I feel that I need to put some ideas out there and talk about what I found. Before I get started, this episode might make some conlangers angry at a certain person. And uh, I just want to say up front, I am not calling for any kind of harassment campaign. I don't want people to bother the guy I'm about to name. I am just critiquing his work. And talking a little bit about what it says about the larger issues within conlangs in entertainment. So, a few months ago, someone brought up to the community a site that they found connected to the game Immortals of Avium. So, and if you don't know, Immortals of Avium is a AAA game, or marketed as AAA. It's marketed as Call of Duty with magic, basically a first-person shooter with magical abilities instead of guns, and um, they have a language for their enemies, called the Risharnians, And it was pointed out in the community by someone named uh, Baptiste Fossin that the company that Ascendant Studios apparently hired for this language didn't seem to be quite what we would expect. So... We can see here uh, a few things about the the site that we have. Basically, it seems like there's a lot of AI-generated content involved. And um, I can point to one of the things that I can particularly point out is definitely AI-generated is one of their conlang spotlights. There are lots of errors in these, but this one in particular definitely looks like an AI hallucination. An example in Klingon koh koh vigroh meaning "C.I. bird So first of all, Klingon is V-O-S not V-S-O, but also it's talking about the verb at the beginning followed by the subject, then the object. But there's only two words. And those two words also have nothing to do with the meaning of I saw a bird. It means the fool's cat, actually. But, you know, having an example with two words and then describing it as if it has three, that sounds like a hallucination. Now... This may be a little less relevant than you think it is uh, for how this person got the job, Uh, but I will go over that later. So right now, just keep in mind, this is sort of red flags that we saw early on. Now, we will move on, talk about some other things here. We found... That this site is associated with a person named David Enoch Wiley. He is the Conlanger behind Conlang Services. He and his father own the company, and his father does some more of the business stuff. And we found a personal site. That site is now down. He's taken it down because of my email contacts with him. But I can show you uh, one of the things that concerned us is the featured conlangs, the portfolio this guy basically has up or had up. We have a lot of these languages are actually taken, copy-pasted directly from a program called VulgarLang. It's like a web interface that will generate a bunch of words and some grammar notes. Now, I do not have a problem with people using lang as a starting point. I do not recommend it because it has a cost to it and there are free tools that will do much the same for you. Uh, And also You know, there are things about it that seem to be claiming to do more than it does. But again, it's fine as a starting point. What people were concerned with was that maybe he was taking a vulgar language and passing it off as his own work for a paid job, which looks like is against vulgar terms of service also just seems to be bad practice because it doesn't create a, like a fully realized language the way that we would expect to have in, you know, a high profile job. So what actually did this guy produce? That's our question. I got in contact with him and I obtained materials. Now, originally I was going to interview Wiley, but after a lot of consideration, I realized that the interview would be kind of a confrontation. And I don't like the idea of doing that on my show. Typically, Interviews on ConLangery are me bringing on someone who has made something I'm interested in and want to hear about and want to talk about. And it's not really much about me critiquing somebody or confronting somebody about something. I don't really want to do that. Uh, And there were other reasons that I decided it was not a good thing for me to be, you know, bringing him on for. And so I let him know that I had issues with the work and I was going to critique it and gave him an out basically. But I do have materials on the language and I am going to talk about what I found. Uh, First off, it is not, simply a vulgar language regurgitated. I can see enough to know that he did actually do some of his own work on this. I don't know what, if any, automatic generation was involved. He said that it was done by hand. It's something that could have been done by hand. Fine. Okay, so there are plenty of issues, though, that... I would not expect from professional work. And that's what I'm going to go over. I have two categories of issues. One side is things that possibly could be explained away by a an extraordinary story reveal that I don't think is coming, but, you know, could. And there are other things that are just failures of basic practice, basic documentation practice mostly. So let's start with these issues that have to do with sort of the world building. I have looked into Immortals of Avium, I have read a lot of articles about it. All of the lore that I have found so far gives no impression that it is at all connected to the real world. That's important because I found in the dictionary that I have quite a lot of English words. You can see two of them right here on the screen. I have Absoluti Academy, uh, I don't know the stress on this because there's no documentation on how stress works. But uh, yeah, this is the dictionary. We can see that it's English to Risharnian, and it's not a complete relex, but it does have these English words in them. And I found... A, a lot of English words in here. So there's uh, Ablu- Absolucci, Academy, um, Cabin for Cabin, Delta for Delta. I found more than 30 words out of about 1,300 in the dictionary that are apparently directly from English. Music is music. It's just a bit strange. So, what is going on here? There's no connection to the real world in the game world that I can see. Again, it could be explained away if there was something. The weirdest one that I saw was the word for louse is louse. And... If that, that were the only one, then it could be like, oh, ha ha, that's a, that's a chance resemblance. But if you're not super familiar with your linguistics and you've gotten this, there are a couple of lists that historical linguists use that are basically lists of words that are unlikely to be borrowed from another language. They're likely to be preserved from the oldest form of a language. They're the Swedish list or the Leipzig Jakarta list. And lice, or rather louse, is on both of those. The reason for that is that humans co-evolved with two species of lice. So they are a universal human experience. Everybody's got their own word for louse, basically. Uh, It's just just people needed it very early on, and they're not going to get it from somebody else. So there's two things that, that are missing from the world building that could explain away all of this. One is, like, is there a connection to the real world? I don't think there is. There's nothing to indicate that there that there is. Uh, the other thing is, are the Risharnians human? Now, they seem to be shaped like humans to me, uh, but we only see them in full body armor to make them faceless enemies, I suppose. So I don't know. For them to have to borrow a word for Laos... They would have to be not mammals, but, you know, I don't have the information on that. So, suspicious. Another thing that, you know, makes it weird for a language that is not apparently connected to the real world is the writing system is named the Aleph Bet. So that's, that's why. (laughs) That is the name of the Hebrew alphabet, Aleph Bet Ivri. And then we go further and we have names for all the letters. We have Aleph Bet Gamma Delta, Eta. You might be familiar with these. And some of them may be derived like iot, maybe from iota, right? Uh, mu, nun, ro, uh, zet. These all look like they're coming from Semitic languages or a Greek, you know. Why is it named like this? you saw these letter forms these don't look like anything related to the alphabet this is not this is not what any of the scripts descended from Phoenician look like so what what went on there right So these are things that maybe, I'm not sure about the forms of the letters could be explained with world building, but you know, these are things that could potentially be explained away, but I don't think they will be because nothing about the information I know about the lore of the game, nothing that's been released says there's any connection to the real world. I'm just breaking in here. There are a couple of other things that I had forgotten to mention on the first recording of this that fall under the category of uh, there could be a world building reveal that fixes this, but probably not. So we get into the numbers. I have shown this in another part of the video. Here are the numbers. And they are base 16, which is kind of cool, could use some justification because it looks like Risharnians have five fingers on each hand, but, you know, people can count in all kinds of different ways. The issue is not so much in the numbers themselves. Again, base 16 would be kind of cool. It's... This statement here for 10 to 15, you can use the characters, the A to F characters. And he's listing here the six characters, the first six characters of the alphabet. This is strange because we're not given what the other digits are there's no zero through nine digits now there is an alternative here given or you can do it the way they used to and just assign each letter a number value that could be cool but it's not developed at all there's no mention of like how that actually works but if you look at this a through f characters maybe you might be familiar with something like this, right? Once again, we are talking about a culture that has no clear relationship with the real world as far as what limited lore we have, again. And they have the same strategy for representing hexadecimal? Especially when hexadecimal is built into their language, it is like their native counting system. Why would they not have some way of representing that in native numerals, written numerals somewhere? It's just a, an odd thing. Also, as I said, I don't know where 0 through 9 are. Is he assuming that you're going to use the Hindu-Arabic numerals for 0 through 9? Which, again, would be possible if there's a relationship to our world, but there's no actual reason to believe that at this point. Another thing that I found uh, talking about the dictionary, I talked a lot about English words. There are words from other languages in there. And one that caught my eye is that the second person pronouns appear to be derived from French to, vous, from, tu, and vous. Uh, Yeah, again, if this was the only instance of a real world language supposedly meshing with this language, then we could write it off. It's an Easter egg. It's a chance resemblance, which chance resemblances do happen, but with all of the other instances of English words, or there are other language words like um, the word for God is deus. It's really hard to reconcile that with there being no visible relationship to the real world. And even if there were a relationship to the real world, it would be a weird one. Uh, by the way... I did ask these questions of uh, Wiley uh, asking is there anything related to the real world and are the Rosharnians human and he did not get back to me but this is sort of after I had already said there's issues with the work so Maybe there's a reason for him to stop communicating with me. That's not the end of it, though, because as I said, there are some things that are just basic documentation issues. First of all, we have that information about the alphabet, but we don't have any explanation of the romanization system. So I have to like look at this dictionary and I have to look at the alphabet and try to figure out what's the mapping between the alphabet and the romanization system and how to pronounce things. Uh, there are points where he has uh, pronunciation guides in sort of pseudo-English. There is no IPA. So you, you have a little bit of this going on. And you'll note that also like there's stress marked in these and it's not regular, but there's no explanation about stress and there's no indication of stress in the romanization. So there are some issues there in documentation there should be an explanation also by analyzing the alphabet part and the romanization i found there are a couple of places where it appears that there are two sounds or the same sound mapped to two different latin characters both w and u are used for the vowel. And that's fine with the alphabet. I mean, if you've got a historical explanation, that's great for the alphabet. In the Romanization, you want to be clear. It needs to be readable and pronounceable for people reading it. And there are a lot of choices in the Romanization that are going to be an issue for actors. And that almost made me doubt whether this was really the Risharnian language. It wasn't until I translated an example that we have that I was totally sure this was the language because it was strange to me to think that this guy had meetings with Ascendant Studios and showed them this romanization And they didn't say anything about how it's difficult to know how to pronounce things. There's even also, apparently, uh, places where these ends get deleted. And that is also an issue with the romanization. You can have that in the written form... The native written form of the language, that's fine, but your romanization should be keyed to pronunciation. All right, that's that's an issue. It's not necessarily a a, a something that's going to break anything, right? You can explain that away. You can explain that to people, and they'll they'll get it. Now, it is a an issue of documentation, though, because it's not actually explained. Another thing is that, so we have we have sections on verbs. We've got, yeah, we've got verbs, adjectives, and adverbs in this. There's no section on nouns, which is a uh, bit curious. Uh, and this would be, like, fine in some ways, but I discovered through sort of analysis a couple of affixes on nouns and pronouns that are not documented. There's a plural suffix, r. Um, and there is some sort of a genitive or a linking suffix may, where is that in this document? I don't know what that is. I don't know if they ever change in different, uh, phonological environments, different based on the sounds around them. The most strange thing about this documentation though, is we have the section on adjectives, right? Right. And they are, they inflect for masculine and feminine. I'm assuming that this is gender agreement, masculine, feminine, singular, plural. But when I go to the dictionary, you know something that's missing? You have some nouns here, archipelago, archer, uh, answer. Where? is the gender notation in the dictionary. This is an issue, because if you only have masculine and feminine, then you need to know the words that have an arbitrary assignment, you know? Anything that's not referring to something that can naturally be assigned a gender like an arm, armor, uh, I don't know, an academy is going to have something arbitrarily assigned. You have to have a note of that so that it can be remembered and you can do the correct agreement with it. So, This was the thing that really got me, and I thought, okay, the minimum you need to do in order to have a good conlang is to have enough documentation to make consistent translations. If your adjectives agree with gender and you do not have gender marking in the dictionary then you cannot do that because you're not going to remember all these arbitrary assignments. Uh, And if you think you can remember it, well, if they do a sequel five years from now or 10 years from now, you're not going to remember it then. My verdict is that basically Wiley got very lucky and got a paid job that's very prominent but this is a beginner conlang this is something i would see being posted in fragments on the conlang subreddit which i don't know how long that'll exist but also in the discords or uh, the Facebook communities or stuff, and people would look at it and give some pointers on how to improve it, and and what what things are needed, like you know the fact that you need to mark your genders. That's 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 my general idea, and I hope that Wiley listens to this or watches this and understands where I'm coming from. Uh. There's, there's some other things I could criticize about this conlang, but this is just sort of more basic things. It needs to fit with the world building, and it needs to actually, you know, have enough documentation for consistent translations. And, you know, a lot of this is like a matter of degree, because like one or two collisions with English words would not be a big deal. But like, 30 of them is strange if there's no connection to the real world sometimes like if there were one one affix that i found that was missing from documentation then that wouldn't be necessarily it would it would be a mistake but it wouldn't be a huge thing but like having no documentation on nouns. And no marking for their genders. That's that's a pretty big issue. But the thing I want to talk about now is like, how did we actually get here? I found out that Ascendant Studios actually contacted David J. Peterson first. That was interesting information for me. They actually sent a query to GJP. They talked to his agent. And for some reason, that didn't go through. Am I like 100% on David Peterson getting every conlang job? No, no, no. I want other conlangers to get jobs. But I'm just illustrating like, this is what they did because they knew his name. And they wanted a Conlang. They wanted, went to the Conlang guy that is known first. And for whatever reason, they didn't go with him. And apparently they Googled and they found Conlang Services. And Conlang Services did not look the way I showed you earlier when they would have found it originally. They contacted Conlang Services or at least they contacted David Peterson in 2021. So Conlang Services, the website, probably looked something like this in 2021. So there's there's, uh, not the same issues here as there are on the current site. This is before we really had generative AI at the level we have now. So, you know, you don't have the AI written uh, text and stuff. There's some things that, like, I as a linguist look at, and I'm like, hmm, Uh, and as a conlanger, just like all the words you need just promising that up front. Well, you know, that's a big price differentiator when we talk about it in, in the LCS on the jobs board, because uh, the, the, making words is a lot of work. Making words well is a lot of work. Um, just like promising all of these writing systems, I I speak Chinese, I would not promise that I would make you a language that has, that that uses the Chinese characters up front because that would be a lot of extra work. It would be at very least, it would be much more than using another script or even making my own phonetic script because it's just going to be that much. Uh, But you know, they saw this and they're not layers, They're not linguists. They probably thought this was okay and contacted him. Okay. Now, they did not ask for any samples of his work, which is uh, according to what Wiley told me. I I have tried to contact Ascendant Studios. I also tried to contact the other company that was listed. On Conlang Services earlier Skydance animation let me double check and see that that is yeah Skydance animation which was which is making something called the search for one law and that was on it's been taken down from the site but it was up there and Conline services was saying that they were making languages for it. I tried to contact both of these companies and, uh, they didn't communicate with me. So I don't know anything about their side of it, but it, but Wiley told me that, that Ascendant didn't ask for any samples. So they weren't really vetting, his work so what do we do from here i think there are different lessons here for different people i think if you are a conlanger who would like to get paid work it's important to get your quality there And the best way you can do that is just get connected with conlang communities. Uh, Go to the Facebook groups, to the discords. Uh, Reddit's going to implode, so I don't know if I can recommend that. But uh, there are places, join the Language Creation Society and get into their Slack. There are tons of things on the mailing lists too. And you can share bits of your work and get some feedback about it and also look at other people's work and learn how they document things and learn a bit about linguistics and everything. And that's, that's important for the individual. For us as conlangers, as a community, as a group, I think we need to get more organized so that we can, like, point out what makes a good conlang for one of these projects. I mean, your personal projects you can do to whatever standard you like. But if you're going to get paid for it, you need to have certain minimum standards. And if we organize, then we can educate both conlingers and we can educate clients and we can ask them to, you know, review things in a different way. And we need to also figure out how to communicate what we can do to clients in a way that they can understand and also evaluate us as, you know, reliable and good at what we're doing. If you are looking for a conlang for a creative project, uh, then you need to know where to go. And the best place right now is to go to the LCS jobs board. Full disclosure, I am a member of the Language Creation Society, which this jobs board serves. You can go submit a listing. There is a pricing guide. um, And it's, you know, we could charge a little bit more than what we are, but there's, there's a guide to what we are doing right now. Keep in mind that what you pay will be reflected in the work that you get because doing this stuff well takes a lot of work and so we have we have different categories you can get languages that are just for names you can get a sketch with a few words you can get you know depending on what you think your project needs uh note that like writing systems are usually extra original writing systems are usually going to be extra and uh making a font for you is going to be extra if you actually want to get quality work you need to pay for it I, i don't know what wiley got paid uh i'm not entirely clear um From what he said, it seemed like he got paid pretty well, but I don't know if like relative price was a factor in choosing him over David Peterson or what exactly went on. So, bottom line, David Wiley, if you're listening, you got really lucky I hope that you have listened to my critiques and uh, if you have a another project coming up then you will do a little bit better on that. To the conlang community I say we need to get more organized and we need to communicate what makes a good conlang and what you know the cost of that is, and like what what clients should be able to expect, and to clients maybe a vet a little bit more before you decide on a conlanger for a big ambitious project, because some of the things that I listed here especially these English words that probably is in the dialogue already. As soon as this game comes out and right now it has been delayed a month to August 22nd, as I'm recording now, as this game comes out, I know that the dialogue has already been recorded. So that dialogue is in the can When this game comes out, if there's English words in the dialogue, it's very likely that people are going to notice that. (laughs) So, it's just uh, something to think about, you know. Consider who you're hiring and, and find some way to evaluate what they can do for you. All right. That's all I have for this. It's been a ride to put this together and figure out what exactly was going on. I hope I have not been too harsh because I didn't come to this episode just to like make people feel bad. I want this to be a learning experience for a lot of people. But... I thank everyone for listening or watching, uh, which you can watch me on YouTube or you can follow this podcast on any of the the uh, places where you get podcasts. And I'm just going to say, happy laying. Special thanks goes to our patrons. Mintaka, Connor Stewart Rowe, Kenan Kigunda, Viren Patrick, Graham Hill, Kay, Jaylinda Surridge, Jesse, Sylvia Sotomayor, Jeremiah, Alexis Hugelman, Soton, Nicholas Norblad, Eloyvar Jana Metuleum. Sigourney Hunter, Jack Keens, Rucka Grunk, Grammar Antifa, Alex Russell Hayes. Langery's theme music is by Null Device. Langery is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Share Alike 4.0 International License.